0: Alright, how's it going tonight everybody? We are Run The Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back. We're gonna talk about the throne.
1: Everyone's favorite throne.
2: Ah oh, yeah, the throne of... uh Delicious Blood. Mountain Dew. Mm. Blood. <laughs> Very stark <laughs> contrast there. <laughs> I watched the wrong movie.
3: I, think. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I
1: think that's the sequel TV, Throne of Blood
0: 2, do the do. We're going to talk about Throne of Blood, part of our Akira Kurosawa category.
2: About halfway done. Over halfway done now. We're covering another classic this time. Taking it back. 1957 who picked it which one of us picked this one i don't remember oh this
1: was me it had been on my list for literally years how many years at least three that's not too bad (laughs) yeah that's pretty good although i've only had like an actual list for three or four so
0: (laughs) well nice picked it we're gonna do some non-spoiler stuff and talk here at the start and then we're gonna dive into some categories so there will be a spoiler warning for
2: this one Beware, but not yet you're safe you're safe for now if you're worried about it
1: yeah you've heard the prophecy but don't go any further
2: if you're wary that's right don't get too ambitious if you don't like spoilers don't pass the threshold
0: speaking of prophecy there's a new one with whoever picked it Talks about it first. So, Fox. (laughs) What? So, Throne of Blood is
1: Akira Kurosawa's retelling of Macbeth. I don't know if that's a spoiler in itself, but for you Shakespeare fans out there, it should be right up your alley. But to summarize up, uh, you know, what this samurai movie is all about, a war-hardened general egged on by his ambitious wife works to fulfill a prophecy that he would become lord of the Spider's Web Castle.
2: Spider's Web Castle? That's what that place is called? Apparently. Yeah. That's an awesome title. I would rename that first order of business as Lord... Renaming that title.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's awesome?
2: No, it sounds bad. I feel like I'm going to get gobbled up. Who wants to mess with that? Right, exactly. That's a bad omen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, anything called if I'm living in something called the spider's web, that means I'm not in a good place. Oh, so you're not the spider. You're just trapped in it. That's right. Aren't we all just flies to fate, or are we? Mm. Hmm.
3: Hmm we'll see with this movie (laughs)
1: yeah well i think i said on the last episode when i was talking about why it was on my list because of its awesome title i'm happy to report that this movie is more than just an awesome title
2: that's good that's
1: good at least for me you know I'll, i'll just throw it out there i'll show my hand I felt like it lived up to, to every every word of that 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 title.
3: No devious plots from Fox.
1: Nope, coming right out in the open. My ambition is known.
2: Unless he's saying that, knowing it'll influence what we say, and so then, if we don't say the thing that he wants us to say, he'll he'll stab us in the back. Oh. But If we do, we do say the thing he wants us to say, then we'll we'll be able to get a little bit farther within the review. Hmm. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I like this one quite a bit, too. This is one I've actually seen before uh, in my limited Kurosawa watchings. I think it mainly was because, yeah, the title's just so cool. But, yeah, it is a really cool movie that, yeah, kind of... I mean, it's a, it's a classic Macbeth, which is a pretty good story, I would say, right? <laughs> it's a, It's pretty highly regarded, and... It's really cool to see it in this uh this format as well with the samurai and stuff like that. Uh, and it, he does a lot of cool stuff with it uh, by changing the format too, I think.
3: Mhm. Yeah, it's not exactly the same. It's set it's like what if that story would have happened in Japan during the civil the big civil war period, right? So he he adapts it into his culture and the setting. And it's a lot richer because he does that instead of just trying to do a direct, you know, one for one retelling of it. I saw that when he was making it, he, he.
1: at least I guess, you know, whatever, the, the trivia or the Wikipedia mentioned that he thought that like feudal UK and Scotland had a lot of the same social issues that like feudal Japan had. So it's cool that, yeah, he just went deeper than just doing like a Shakespeare play
0: on film. Well, I have a confession. I have never seen or read a story of Macbeth before, so this was the first time I've ever encountered like Macbeth.
3: Really? Do you do you think so? Because it's in like so much other stuff or elements of that story are too. I I bet you.
0: I figured I might have, and I just didn't know it because I don't know what the original Macbeth story is. I hear it's list like referenced all the time. So this is my first one with it. Um. And it was really good. Um, this, I think, is one of my favorite Akura Kurosawa's now on a few things alone. The, like, visually, this movie is so stunning. It looks so freaking good when all the, like, samurai are on screen or when all the guys in the samurai get up are in, like, council and in the background, they've got that awesome samurai helmet and swords and stuff. And then I like that there's some, like, fantasy mystical elements to this story, too, that I
2: was not expecting. Oh, yeah, I like that, too. It's very, uh, it's very creepy, like, the stuff they do with the, the more, like, yeah, mystical side of things. And, yeah, the imagery all associated with that is just superb. It's really well done. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed all of that stuff. This was not quite what I was
0: expecting with this movie
1: was a lot like creepier and more haunting than i kind of anticipated it being you know uh we watched um oh man i'm blanking the anthology of japanese folklore stories quaden and and like the the ghosts and like the other spirits were creepy and off-putting in that but i really felt like there was even like a deeper air of dread throughout this one
2: i agree yeah it's like and I think it just says that whole thing with like I don't know, it like once that thing is introduced, it's like I don't know. It feels like is it lying? Like you don't know what the motivations for like this the the supernatural stuff is. I think is what adds a lot to it. It's like maybe it's just telling the truth. Maybe it's lying. You know, What's the prophecy like? What's the deal? It's it add, like it, and it weighs on the film and it weighs on the characters' minds as well a lot, which is it's cool.
3: Well, it's it's interesting too because during that Quaiden review we were talking about like the difference between demons and ghosts and those stories in like America versus Japan and I think it was Fox who who like equated them in Japan to being like a force of nature that you just have to live with you know and recognize not to mess with so it could be like there's not even any evil intentions from the spirit at all it's just something they encountered And then it told them something, and then they go on with your lives, and then you just got to wonder.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of layers to this one.
3: It permeates throughout, like, and just all the scheming and underhanded, backhanded dealings and plots. It's a spider's web for sure.
2: (laughs) And yeah, I mean, Mufune, he's really good in this movie, too, as uh, Takatori Washizu, I think that's how you say his name. He is so good and i love his like he's so like angry like you can really see his like transition uh for as a character from like his kind of like more uh he's got like camaraderie he's hanging out with his buddy you know they have a fun like dynamic but as the movie goes he just has this like angry resting face at like all times and he just gets like you can tell he's like falling into a pit yeah it's just the like the things that happen in the movie are weighing on him and stuff
3: so i know i brought it up in last week's review um, but this movie is heavily, heavily inspired by Japanese no theater, and so that's like a very traditional theater type that involves certain types of masks and stuff, and they use like music and those masks and body movements and stuff to display emotion so you'll notice that the a lot of the main characters in this have very specific movements and things that they do to emulate that and the soundtrack is very similar to something you'd hear as well from no theater and something kurosawa did was he told toshiro mifune and then isuzu yamada who plays his wife to like actually emulate some of those masks facial features in their performance so that's why you get a lot of those like like you were saying, TV that angry look that Toshiro Mifune uses is like he's emulating the warrior mask used in the theater, and then they did Isuzu's makeup up to look like one of those masks as well.
1: I was really curious to see how they were going to do that after our our last review of Dreams and the uh, the Fox Parade segment that you were saying was like influenced by that, and mentioned how this one was also. Heavily influenced by that theater and man, I loved it. It was incorporated so smoothly into this movie. You know, I feel like a lot of like contemporary theater like uh not like remakes, you know, but like transitions to film kind of missed the mark on that like theater to film transition or incorporation, and this was awesome. It felt like being not only on the stage but being in feudal Japan somehow at the same time.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I know over in Hollywood films, there's that period where everybody was tra- transitioning, like you said, and you can tell all the like classically theater-trained actors, and they get up there and they're doing their thing, and it's awesome to watch, right? But you you, you still know where that's coming from, and then that died out over time. I think this mixes better overall with the film medium than something like, like what i just mentioned you know it it fits in really well and i think i think part of that is because kurosawa was such a big fan of theater that he knew how to make it work
2: yeah i mean and this is yeah i mean it's meant for the stage right like the, that's what it was written for originally so it, it was interesting yeah i didn't really even piece that together but really yeah you could just see I could pro- I could go down to a theater and they could probably pull this off fairly easily. I mean they wouldn't be able to do some of like the set big set pieces with like hundreds of people everywhere, but like the 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 story's there. There's not a lot of like I guess like what you'd traditionally expect from like a samurai movie with like blade to blade combat and, you know, fighting and dueling and stuff. It really is mostly just drama and talking and stuff and then there's some crazy stuff at the end, but it's like the it is basically just, yeah, a a bare bones kind of just drama, you know, thing with, yeah, we're about, char- it's about a character study and the
3: descent of a character,
2: you know, and the choices he makes.
3: Yeah. I don't even think there's a single sword fight in this film. Man, I even took a note. I think
1: it was probably about halfway through. I was like, could use a duel, maybe a fight.
2: And then by the end I was like cross that off
3: <laughs> scratch that out.
2: I will say I guess if I had any complaints about this it's, it's kind of like a maybe even just a complaint of like the time period of the of like filmmaking there are a couple sequences where I feel like the the scene is just kind of being drug out and we kind of like we get what he's going for but he like decides to do it for a long time uh like they get like lost somewhere and we just see these guys wandering through the forest for I don't know 5 minutes Stuff like that it, it does kind of drag for me when it does things like that a little bit, um, and that, that's probably my biggest complaint with it, honestly. Yeah, same TV. I feel
0: like there's a lot of that in the middle of this movie that I feel like yeah, it could have been less drug
2: out. And I think they might even I don't know. And there's a couple. There's like at least one point in particular I feel like there's a plot point that I feel like I could have used. Um, and i I feel like you could yeah just cut out some of that other stuff and show showed what happened you know during because they kind of just like there's like some time jumps in this movie and i kind of wish they hadn't
3: jumped so far ahead maybe yeah he uses those like those like minor minor background characters and they just like talk and you're like oh okay so this happened or this has been going on so for it's been a like while. months or
2: something yeah it's like oh okay which and these are like these are minute complaints so it's not a huge problem for me but it's just something that i kind of noticed this time around watching it Gotcha.
3: I I would say that no theater does, from what I've seen of it, it does tend to be a lot more slower paced than something like Kabuki or what we're used to over here, right? Um, So that's probably why he drags out a lot of things. Them being lost in the forest, I'd say it's probably the worst part, and it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that bad. Because he's like, is symbolizing just like how difficult it is to get through that. Because they purposefully designed the paths in that to be a maze so you can't escape, right? As a defense for the castle. So I get what he's doing. Um, I do think it could have been a little shorter, but that that's probably what he's been, what or why, that's probably why a lot of this stuff is a lot longer.
2: And I think that's like kind of just the old school style too. I mean, Kurosawa did that in, uh, I don't know, some Samurai didn't really feel it that much. But Dreams, I guess, was in the 90s. But I mean, the ice, it kind of <laughs> felt like the ice, yeah. the, the, the travelers in the ice, but not as bad, like not nearly as bad as that. But I think that's just kind of a vibe, like an old school style as well. A lot of older movies, like I see in like a, those old like Toho monster movies, they'll do stuff like that for a while. We're like, oh, we're like trapped in a spaceship and it's pew, pew. and we're like, OK, I, get we're confused. <laughs> I don't know where they're at. You know, it's just I don't know. Maybe that's just a, a, a trend as well, which we've kind of gotten over, I think, in the modern day. Are we ready for spoilers then? Yeah, let's get to the juicy stuff. So spoilers
0: from here on out. We're going to try and talk about um, like the story and acting first
2: and then the visuals and audio. And then overall presentations again. So that is the prophecy, but we'll we'll see if we follow it. Mm. Maybe they'll blend mm. together. It happens.
0: So I haven't looked up or read anything about this movie yet, um, but one of the ideas I picked up on this one was it was pretty cool how um, this guy kind of took his like prophecy and destiny into his own hands and watching how it turned out for him when he forced these things and killed like the king thinking about that concept like what if he wouldn't have done that would he still have got there he basically just took it into his own hands and that like theme of the story was super interesting to me and i haven't been able to kind of stop thinking about it in the back of my mind afterwards so you guys pick that up what do you think about that I love it's so that. Good. That's my favorite part about this movie.
2: Yeah. Like yeah, you're like that's the whole question and it it's like you just I just keep thinking about it too. It's like was this like part of the prophecy? Like was he going to like this is the only way that this could have happened or are you right? Like I get the vibe from the movie and this is maybe that's just a, it's a like a personal philosophy thing that he, if he hadn't like gone to the edges of the extremes and like killed and murdered his way up, he still would have made it. Like I think it was like fate that he would end up there, but I don't think it was fate the way he did what he did either. So I don't know.
1: I am curious because yeah, I mean that the first part of the prophecy that they learn still comes true.
2: Like without their their own efforts, their own intervention, they they've already set it up. Well, there is one thing. They go out there and they they're like, we're tired. We're just gonna rest outside the castle. And then they're talking. And they're like, wait, she said we we're gonna get the thing today, right? And so then they get up and they go to the castle after that because they decide. They want the, the the prophecy said for today, so they're gonna go there today instead of resting like they wanted to. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I guess I
1: feel like the first part might have played out, but you might be on to something. Hmm.
2: I don't know. I feel like they still would have got the promotion, right? Like a day or not, but but I don't know. It's interesting, yeah. Maybe and maybe it's the, the whole part of like this the spirits or whatever is like he knows it's gonna happen either way, but he tells them because he knows that's what's gonna mess with them and it's gonna you know, I don't know. I don't know what the motives of that spirit are.
1: I think it's that force of nature thing again. You know, it's, I feel like, I guess I feel like it didn't even need to be there. Their own, their own suspicions and paranoia and ambitions might have got to them eventually. But it is a good question, though, because they are pretty tight bros at the beginning.
3: It's interesting because that spirit, like the song that's being sung by it, you know, is pretty pretty dark and it's talking about how humans are like despicable creatures who um, hide their emotions and don't act on what they want and things like that, you know? So I think, I, I think the spirit maybe like told them because it just wanted to watch them like <laughs> act out and see if they actually do it. But then again to like, like Fox was saying, it could just be a, that force of nature again. It's like, well, they, they went and they asked it, so they should have known better than to, to mess with it. Don't mess with ghosts. That's always the moral of the story in these. Just don't talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> just let them be. <laughs> yeah.
2: They didn't have to. Yeah, they kind of hang around there for a while, right? Like, staring at it. They could have just left. But but then again, I guess it's also, you know, you're saying that they got trapped because it, the force is a labyrinth. But I could also you can also take it that the the spirit like trapped them in the, the forest as well. Uh so I don't know. Maybe this maybe it was purposeful, maybe it wasn't. It is kind of up in the air.
3: Which is partly why it's so interesting. <laughs> Just that whole like you were saying, Mike, that whole question on if it would have happened if they had, hadn't taken matters into their own hands, you know. Well, mainly mifune and yamada's characters which we should talk about her with this because i think she's very important because like mifune was like okay this one thing came true but you know so what right um this guy's my good friend i'm not gonna do anything bad to him but his wife is like now wait a minute (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. she pushes him constantly to push things farther yeah
3: she's like I don't want to say the main antagonist, but she's kind of like the start of all the trouble in this. She's the
2: devil on his shoulder constantly. Yeah, just going on and on about how he needs to yeah, go murder somebody because they're going to betray him eventually and all this stuff.
0: Yeah, I found that dynamic very interesting
2: because you could tell um, with
0: Mifune's acting too, both, both of those, uh, the actor and the actress, I can't remember her name, The character's name is Asagi, I think. Asagi. Like, you could tell she was pushing him and he didn't really want to do it. But then he just kind of did it. But then after a while, he started, like, believing the the hogwash and stuff. So it completely overtook him.
3: I don't think he was going to kill the lord at all. But she went and put the people to sleep and then took the spear. I guess he didn't stop her from doing it, but... I don't think he would have done it if she wouldn't have done all that stuff. It does sound like he
1: and his bro did like the Lord quite a bit in the beginning. I do wonder if that's one of those like social things Kurosawa was talking about. Because like, it sounds like that sort of thing happened like in feudal Europe all the time. You know, desperate, desperate lords showing up and taking a castle and being like, I'm in charge now. And it sounds like the same thing happened a lot in feudal Japan as well.
2: Yeah. Well, and the wife even mentions that that Lord did the exact same thing. He like murdered somebody to become the leader. And then, so, I mean, it's a thing, which I always found that kind of weird, but I guess that's just how it worked back then. It's like, okay, so this guy just went and murdered our leader. So he's our leader. I mean, it could be like, he's like, they're the next in line for the throne. They probably are in a position to do that, but
3: it's still kind of a, a strange concept. Well, Mifune said, too, during that, that we kind of get both sides of a story here, because he said that the guy who, was go- who became the lord was, like, defending himself, basically. He's like, he was going to be killed if he didn't kill the other great lord, you know? Well, that's why Mifune he does what he
2: does in the end. That's what Asaji keeps telling him, so...
3: Yeah, that's what she's telling him, and then he's got that little voice in the back of his head from what the spirit said too and he's like maybe she's right because she could be interpreting it wrong too you know Hmm. i mean the the old leader
2: could have, he probably had the same voices that could be just like a commentary on like power and leadership as it, it corrupts eventually like the more power you get the the more you want and the more Im- your ambitions can lead you astray
3: and it 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 also touches on Like how he obtained it, right? He obtained his power through treachery and deceit and backhandedness. So he, it just once he becomes the great lord, he just assumes that everybody around him is doing the same thing he did when they're probably not. So that leads him to be a despot and be a really bad, bad leader.
1: I do think it is kind of cyclical. Somebody else is always gunning for the top spot. Even if it's not all the other lords, there's definitely somebody out there. Maybe even an unnamed one we don't hear about. You know, probably plotting his demise and to steal the
2: spider's web castle again. It could be Inoue, the the mysterious invader traitor guy we hear about at the beginning. Like, there's like all these, yeah... There's always somebody coming around trying to take the power, rebel, or you know. I guess you said Dan is set during the Civil War, like you know, lots of conflict going on in that time.
3: I just thought we don't even see that invading guy in U A, however you said it. TV.
2: I don't think so. I think we see like the, the the leader that gets killed, his son like shows up again, but I don't think he he's he's like teamed up with Inua, but he never. We I don't think we ever see Inua
3: miki's son and then one of the generals Noriyasu, played by takashi shimura who was the the lead guy in seven samurai
2: i thought maybe inue was with the old lord's son when they're running to the gates and wanted to be let in
3: no no that was that was noriasu and and uh, miki's son
2: that's right. Okay, so yeah, there's like two different like betrayers. There's Inoue and then there's Norirasu. I forgot about that. I'm looking at the credits here and I actually
1: don't see anybody credited as Inoue. So he might not even ever show up on screen, yeah. It just
3: talked about. <laughs> the ever-present threat.
1: Yeah, I guess it goes to show there is really always somebody out there gunning for your castle. <laughs> I do really like how it eventually drives both... uh the lord toshiro and his wife insane like it's just so much pressure and like because they've taken it not only in a treacher- treacherous way but i feel like in a particularly treacherous way you know they they have nobody else to share it with their their own best friends you know are their
2: targets oh yeah any t- any scene with them like you know coming to terms with what they did like after uh Takatori like stabs the, the Lord and he comes back and he's just holding the spear in his hand, just staring off in the distance. It's just so meaningful. And yeah, the same with Asagi when she's trying to scrub her hands of the blood, you're just like, Oh my God. Like this is, it's, it's really cool. It's really intense. Or like,
3: I I'd forgotten that they had Miki killed. And so I was like, I was wondering why he, he was so mad, you know, and kept seeing his ghost at that dinner. And then when the assassin came in with his head, I was like, oh, that's why. That was such a, like, oof moment, you know? Like, oh, man, that's rough. But it's so good. And, I mean, Toshiro really sells it in that, too.
2: I like that moment, yeah. That's the one I was kind of hinting at earlier. I wish that we had a scene where they, like, finally decide to go through with it. Because that's one of the time jump happens, and we don't really hear... What they're gonna do we just kind of jump to the dinner party or whatever um i kind of wish they had like committed to like killing me would seen like a scene of at least asaji maybe convincing him completely or something like that and then like sending the orders out i don't know i felt like that that was a little bit too big of a, a jump for me to something i would have liked to
3: see rather than just kind of skip past i i kind of like that he did it that way just because it comes as such a big shock when you realize what what they actually did and why he's behaving like he is right because he's like having regret and he's mad at himself for doing it all at the same time you know so i i liked the shock value that came with that i think it almost kind of makes you feel like you're at the feast like
1: it adds like an air of madness you're like what is he doing what's he talking about why why does this keep happening what's going on here and then when it comes you're like oh (laughs) it
3: all comes together yeah you said the madness i think it does a good job foreshadowing later at the end of the movie too when he goes mad basically you know this might be kind of a bold
1: statement to make since i'm kind of riding the high from this movie still and you know i think i might do my own little series here just to just to double check myself But I'm kind of feeling like Toshiro Mifune might be my most, like, favorite actor of all time now. (laughs) Wow, really? I mean, these scenes and the faces he makes and the way he moves, compared to, like, what he's doing in Seven Samurai, I don't know. This guy just has, like, a degree of not only, like, versatility, but, like, sincerity in all of these roles.
2: I love it. I love watching him do what he's doing. This is probably my favorite of his roles that I've seen him in. I just love, like, yeah, the facial expressions and all that stuff. It's so, like, yeah. I don't know. It's like they're just the right amount of, like, intensity and, like, dramatic and everything. I don't know. He just nails it in this. And, I mean, he's great in everything else. But this, ooh, yeah. I, I think this is my favorite performance I've seen from him. He's got such,
3: like, a commanding presence in everything he's in, you know. Even in like Seven Samurai, when he's not like the leader, or the head honcho or anything, he stills. He's so charismatic. He still draws you in and like steals the show, you know. But it, it it's great. He's got a ton of gravitas. Anytime he laughs in this, it's so menacing too. I love it. <laughs> It's like even his laughs are different in each movie. Like it's super menacing in this and then go to something like the hidden fortress. And it's more like, you know, just like he's having a good time or because he's in on a joke or something, you know, it's great. He is good. He does laugh it up in this one quite a
0: bit, especially when he (laughs) goes mad at the end. I think it's interesting that this movie has that mystical element with a spirit in the forest to it. But I can't quite figure out what the spirit represents and, like, what it was. What did you guys pick up on the spirit? I think between what both
1: TV and Dan have said, I feel like something in the middle there, you know? Like, maybe it's something that wants to watch them squirm, watch a little theater of its own, do something malicious. But also maybe... Maybe it's there because the castle is cursed and it, you know, it is the embodiment of everyone's ambitions and treachery to
3: take the castle. I think it's a lot of things all at once, even. I think it works both ways, too. Like, well, specifically, like, it being, like, the embodiment of everybody's ambitions. It works that way. It works if it's just, like, some malevolent force that wants to watch them squirm, like Fox said. And I think it works too on if it's just like it's just there and then they mess with it when they shouldn't have and this is the consequence. So it it works for however you wanna take it, I think. Yeah. It's it's kind of vague, yeah. I mean it could be yeah, like
2: is it the strings of fate revealing themselves to the, you know, the the humans and showing them the path that they're gonna be taking, or is it yeah, just their dark ambitions come to life and telling them what they want. And then rev- like, it's kind of like, well, that movie stalker it reveals your dark truth, what you really want. Um, I mean, it doesn't really, at the end it's very aggressive and it's like, yes, kill, kill. But at the beginning, it's more just like, yeah, you're going to be the King in a creepy way, of course. But it's like, yeah, you'll be King. You'll be the ruler of the, the, the castle. His son's going to become ruler after you. It'll be fine. You know, but then at the end, yeah, it's like, Make the rivers run red with blood. Build a mountain of bodies. He's like, oh god. Okay. Okay. Hold on.
3: <laughs> that part doesn't happen though. Well, I guess the castle gets burned down, but we don't see that. There are some mounds of bodies in the forest.
2: Yeah, it's pretty mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> pretty suspicious.
1: <laughs> a very
3: ill omen. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that when the spirit disappears. I love that they just walk by it and are like. Huh.
2: Yeah. Weird. (laughs) This is fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Something I really liked about that mystical element that the spirit brings to this is like the spirit tells them exactly what's going to happen, but not like, um, well, she tells them the final thing that's going to happen, but not the steps to get there. And each time they reveal how they're taking a step to get closer to that end goal, it was very shocking to me. One of the reveals at the end that got me good was um, she told him, she's like, you will be king until the forest moves. And then like he told that to the men. He's like, a spirit told me this. We're perfectly fine. And then when he wakes up the next day or whatever, and all the men are like, the forest is moving. I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> and then it did. Every like reveal they did in this story was pretty ingenious and shocking about how it came across, even though they told you exactly what was going to happen.
3: And that's like, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because I hadn't even thought of that. But that's just a testament to how well the story's told in this, right? It's like, we know the outcome. It's at the very beginning of the freaking movie. Like, we know what's going to happen, but you're still, like, enthralled the entire time, you know? You can't look away because it's just so well done.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because at first it's like um, they kind of work to get the goal. Like, the, they work with fate, I guess. And, like, they go and try to achieve their goals, but they do try to fight it when... Um, uh, but M- Miki's son is the one who's supposed to take over after Takitori. But Takitori wants to, like, his wife's pregnant, and so they're going to do that, and so they want to kill Miki's son, but, you know, then it turns out fate is maybe isn't as quite as malleable as they want. They can't just take it into their own hands, like, because his child becomes a stillborn. He can't have a child. So that's kind of, like, the first clue that, oh, like, just because, you know, it's worked out for you so far, you know, that you can't just suddenly change things and make it work for you the opposite way. You know, this is happening no matter what.
3: Yeah, and then that brings that question back. It's like, would the child have been stillborn if um they hadn't killed Miki so that they didn't have to give it to his son? You know?
2: Yeah, if he had just like announced it right away, been like, "Yeah, Miki's son gets to be the king next"
3: or something. Yeah. Those threads of fate, man. It's a tangled and complicated web kind of speaking on that too i always find it like interesting how they're like okay let's just kill mickey and his son instead of being like you know my wife's pregnant and since i'm lord of the castle this is my child's obviously going to be the um can't think of the word the heir yeah it's going to be heir to the castle right they're just like okay Let's let's just kill Miki instead. That's easier. I, I always find that interesting. Because it's like, I think it's like a critique on, you know, all the honor and stuff like back then. And it's also showing just like how far they've fallen into their schemes too, you know.
2: They just can't let it be at this point. Yeah, they just keep going too far. Yeah, I think there's even a point where like, his, I think it's when those like soldiers are talking. They're like oh, yeah, we're living the good life now that, yeah, Takitori's king. This is great. And then, yeah, we get a scene where he's like, all right, we got to kill the next guy in line. (laughs) It's like, what? You're (laughs) living the good life. Like, why? But they just can't help themselves anymore.
1: It's a dog-eat-dog world, man.
2: I guess, yeah.
1: It does kind of seem like maybe it is only if you make it one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah, who knows? They could have lived a happy life, maybe. It could be. We'll never know. Is interesting
3: question. I've been thinking about it ever since I finished the movie. And there's so much like symbolism within the movie too, to go along with all that, right? Because like the it, the castle, right? The castle's known for being invincible and stuff, and it is invincible while their plot is succeeding throughout this whole film. But as soon as like they start having doubts or the men inside the castle have doubts and Mifune gets killed the castle gets destroyed too which is kind of like symbolic of the plots finally come to an end you know and there's all kinds of stuff like that in this movie which just adds to the themes and the story like the another one that's really good and i love this sequence the whole like build up to when mifune goes and stabs the great lord you know that whole build up's great cuz you've got asaji going into that dark room that's pitch black you know and that's symbolizing what they're doing and then she comes out with the the sake with the sleeping potion in it and then they go and have to lay down in that room that has the blood stains from the last guy who was betrayed or whatever. There's so many symbolic things in this movie with the set design and like how things are done and play out that just tie in with the story really, really well. Better than a lot of other films out
2: there. Yep. Definitely a lot of layers to this one. I think
3: a lot of layers.
0: I do think in the middle of this movie i think there was too many long scenes of dudes sitting in the court together chatting for me that's probably one of my like only criticisms of it and it's kind of just a minor nitpick some of that stuff does take a little too
2: long and i wish it would speed it up a little bit yeah we do get a few of those that's true there's that one where that old man's like dancing. And he's singing like the he's singing like the same song, pretty much that that spirit was singing. and <laughs> He's like, "Stop it! Why are you why are you singing this creepy mat?" Enough Makes with it. the song. Yeah, it's yeah. such an evil sounding song. Yeah. that guy looks so, just so wounded. Wound yeah, he's like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> that cracked me up." Because yeah, I was sitting there. I was like, "Okay, this is taking a little long and a little obnoxious." Yeah. <laughs> the like, "Dude, shut up!" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, "Thank." he's he's basically just
2: telling you like what's been happening in the movie you know and he's like we get it be quiet (laughs) that is pretty funny i think i
1: definitely don't disagree that there is some long stuff and i'm like yes i get it but i guess again like seven samurai i just feel like i'm drinking in the costumes and the sets so much in this one all the time man i don't know how they this this, just i feel like kurosawa's main deal now I mean, out of all the great stuff he does, is that he just knows the best costume designers and procurers in the biz. Because once again, I just can't get
2: over how great the costumes are. Yeah, and this movie in particular, I love like the armor and stuff that they're wearing. It's so cool, with like the moon crescents and stuff. Man, it looks great. Yeah, it really does. Oh,
3: yeah. You get to see Mifune all dressed up in the armor, too, for once, which is nice. And yeah, have we got there, like, the visuals
0: and audio? Oh, I want to talk about that. We should, because they're great. They're amazing. Yes, it is amazing. Every shot, every costume in this looks so good. There's so many, like, cool set-piece shots as well. Like I was saying, with all the dudes in the room, even though I thought those scenes took a long time, man, did they look good. Like, having them all in focus and then cool stuff in the background and just mafune at the centerpiece so good and even the shots when they looked out at like the castle from a distance it's all foggy and smoky ooh
1: i think i saw that they went and
3: built those on mount fuji like the castle exteriors yeah yep they built that there they had trouble like digging out some of the stuff cuz it just filled back up with the volcanic sand or whatever again <laughs> And most of that smoke, or not smoke, the fog is legit fog. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, you just can't, you can't make that on a soundstage, man. I think one of my favorite, like, sequences, just visually, is when they first come out of the forest, Washizu and Miki, and they're just taking a rest in front of the castle, and they're talking about what the spirit said, and it's like, it's such a cool shot it looks really good but like even that's symbolic to what's happening cuz they're already they're talking about their grand designs for the the throne you know and it's just sitting right there in the distance
2: yep that's one of my favorites them and walking into like the where the lord is sitting with all those people the music's playing with like the sick drums man that was probably my favorite shot of them just with all the cool like imagery all around everybody's decked out in their armor and stuff it looked great i mean i love all the music in this too i think the the music adds a ton to the movie i mean there's those creepy songs like the spirits singing about ambitions and you know, the, the cruelty of man or whatever. And we get a, like three or four songs about that, but they're all really <laughs> creepy and they add a lot to the movie, I think. And even just like the music itself without words is really cool and adds such an ambiance with like the loud percussive, like March sounding stuff. Oh, awesome. Just that
3: opening, like the that flute's so dang menacing. And then you get the choir comes in too. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of little background instrumental stuff, like people hit wood blocks or doing creepy flutes like you said throughout the movie. I loved all that stuff. I feel like there was a live orchestra or something playing. This
1: might be my favorite sound design in a samurai movie. Like I'm trying to think of others that have had this like not only like you know, fitting of music, but like the quality of it. Ugh. It sounded so good in my headphones.
2: This might be my favorite, too. Yeah, just the score itself is just so solid. Oh, man, I love it. Love it. This top tier. Well, have we done it? Have we made it to the
0: throne, boys? I think I'm ready. I think I could keep rambling about how much I liked it, so probably. <laughs> what's, the, what's the rankings, the scale?
2: Oh, yes, the scale. Least
1: from... ambitious to most ambitious. Yes.
2: <laughs> they go from Burn It pass watch it or buy it in that order we're all going to give our own little spiels and give our own individual ratings so who knows was this movie destined for greatness or were its ambitions too great and how the mighty will fall hmm i don't know but you know this movie did remind me you know fate one time i was walking through the forest and you know i got a little lost i'll admit it i'm not the best with directions but eventually i happened upon a little shack And in the shack was an old woman who spoke in a strangely distorted voice. But she told me of a prophecy that Mike would be the one to go first. And I was like, wait a second. What? She's like, no, don't worry. You know, Mike goes first. Then it's Fox. Then you. Then Dan." And I was like, (laughs) so we all get to go. That's nice. But as I left, I started thinking, hmm, Maybe now that I know this information, I can take fate into my own hands. Maybe I could finally be the one who jumps into the front. But then I thought, eh, that's probably not a good idea. I shouldn't mess with it. So, Mike, you should go first. Fair enough. <laughs> if there's anything
0: this movie teaches you, it's maybe don't mess with fate. Um, yeah, the the story in this movie has some pretty interesting themes in it. And I really like how it explores them and how I get to see them developed and how they take um, place with the characters throughout the movie. It's a very character study movie around that element. And I digged all or I dug all of that stuff completely that with the awesome visuals too. um, This is, is like a visual feast to watch throughout with the costumes and just the way the shots are framed I am climbing to the top of the throne of the buy-it category on this one, boys. Aw, yeah. Yes!
3: Yes!
1: Well, I agree with everything Mad Mike over there said. I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that I was enraptured by this movie. I don't know why, don't really know what the formula was, but I got myself super pumped up for this one, and I was not let down. This is a masterpiece of cinema, and it makes me love film. It looks great, has some of the best acting I've seen in a long time, has one of the best scores I've ever heard, especially in a samurai movie. It's an easy buy for me. I'm going to go buy it after this show. I I loved it. I loved it a lot. It might be my favorite samurai movie. And there's not even like a duel or a fight. You know I love that stuff, man. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I can't describe it, but I love it.
2: Yeah, this movie is great. Um I really like this one. I had a few like little nitpicks here and there, but it really doesn't take apart like the whole, like everything in this is just comes together so well. The whole idea of like fate and fighting fate or going with fate, you know, trying to like wield fate even. I don't know what, you know, there's so much you could talk about this movie. Um and I I like those themes a lot and it, just the acting is great. I mean Macbeth is a classic story too, and this is a really cool telling of that. It might be the best I've seen. I have not, albeit not seen many. I think I've read the play, um, and I might have like seen Macbeth in like a community theater. But I mean, as far as I've seen, that's it's, it's good. And of course, it's good. It's Akira Kurosawa. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. Um, I'll probably pick this up in the next Criterion sale because it's so good. I'm giving it a bite as well. This is this is a good one. This is definitely top-tier Kurosawa for me.
3: Man, you already know what I'm going to give it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> he already th- owns it. I already own this dang movie. I've watched <laughs> it multiple times, too. It's so good. Like these guys have said, yeah, this is top-tier Kurosawa right here. Everything fires on all cylinders. It's so good. I love this movie. It's just, it's great in every way. And it's so unique to seeing how it's so inspired by no theater. Something that I've not seen a ton of, but I'm a lot more interested in now after seeing this movie and its origins. And I mean, just, yeah, everything's so good in this. The acting from everybody is so good. Just the visuals are amazing. The story's great and how he translates it to. Be feel natural in feudal Japan you know and incorporate their culture and stuff to make it work is so good um it's not just a Macbeth retelling it's got a lot of its own identity in there which I think puts a I think the movies that can do that and pull that off are always better than just like a retelling of something you know so it, it's got A ton going for it. Definitely a buy.
0: You have it. The top of the throne. Our ambitions were realized, boys. Woo! The prophecy was true.
2: You know what this means, is there's a final pick. Oh, yeah. Fate has come, and will it come true? I don't know. I haven't heard any prophecies about what could be next.
3: It's a hard decision. There's so many of his movies I haven't seen. But there's so many I have seen that I want to talk about. It's tough, but you know, since everybody here really liked Throne of Blood, Kurosawa's got another Shakespeare adaption. This time of King Lear. A a truly epic samurai film known as Ran, which stars, there's a lot of stars in it actually, but it's got one of our favorites in it tatsuya nakada (laughs) no oh
2: yeah this will be good king lear i don't really know that much about i think i may have seen that in a community theater performance at one point and i've probably read it in like theater class or something but i don't really know it as well as i know macbeth so it'll be interesting
3: oh yeah man i i think this one is his best usage of colors and maybe costumes too that's
0: what I'm looking
3: forward to. I've seen screenshots of this movie. It's such a good-looking movie. It may be his best-looking one, I think.
2: But well, we'll find out next week with Rain. I'm excited. This will be good. But in the meantime, if any listeners out there want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at RunTheReal. Or you can email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. Let us know what you think about Throne of Blood or even just any Kurosawa movies in general. He's got so many. If there's like one that you think we really need to cover sometime, if we missed one of his big important ones, which is easy to do with (laughs) a four movie series. But let us know like, yeah, which ones we should cover. What you think of Throne of Blood? Is it a classic? Is it overrated? I want to know. Let us know what you think yeah get in contact
0: with us and tune in next week for the
2: uh, final movie ryan in our akira kurosawa category yes finally the the prophecy will be fulfilled kurosawa will have been covered it'll all add up to this yeah
0: be sure to hit us up we'd love to hear from you and thanks for listening to us tonight we really appreciate it this is run the real signing off